0: I'm Yasi Salik and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday,
1: only on Spotify.
2: Hello, everybody. We are getting live here with the Ringer After Show for, of course, for uh, Extreme Rules and for everyone to get in here and join us. Let's know in the chat how you guys, let's know in the chat what you guys thought of the show. Obviously, the ending will be something that we talk about quite a bit here tonight. Let me know what you guys thought about the show. Let me know what you guys thought about the ending there. That's what everyone's going to be chatting about uh, as we wait for our other hosts to arrive what up jack hey what's up kerm how you doing
1: not too bad man what an ending what an ending but we i see flobo's in the chat now hey. we got phil what up guys
2: Yeah, Flobo, Phil, we got a good after-show crew here for a show that I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be talking about. We got Nick here in the chat joining us – or not the chat, in the show. Part of the show, Nick. You're not part of the chat. You're more than that, right? I'd like to think so. You know – I don't usually like to do this, though, Nick. I don't like to uh, think in these kind of ways, but I'm looking at all of our pictures here. I'm looking at all of our icons. We got nice little green check marks. Where's your check mark, Nick? I'm not official enough, I I guess would be the...
0: I don't don't know how that works. I'm a simple boy.
2: (laughs) I'm going to put you on blast. Where's your check
0: mark? (laughs) Is there somebody at contact about that?
3: (laughs) I'm still not verified on Twitter, but I'm verified here on spotify green
2: room yeah see that's that's the trick you, you don't say where you're very you say yeah i'm verified <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm like I, a verified I, blood donor i don't know if, that's,
0: if that counts but uh
2: yeah but yeah in the chat everyone let us know what you guys are thinking as everyone kind of comes in here man i'm i'm gonna i got i i just guess the the big news here obviously is the end of the show and why what happened um so well at the end i mean Riddle <laughs> one and then i turned off the show and came here right that's yeah, that yeah. how it ended right that's what i, that's what I did <laughs> <laughs> so um you know let's let's get right into it i'm gonna be honest with you guys this this, this white rabbit setup up and the, this build up Uh, I was interested in, and then I was getting a little bit of fatigue because we didn't know where it was going or what was happening, Uh, but I'm going to confess a little something to you guys. I was getting worn out, but then the show ended, the lights went out, and I started losing my absolute mind after (laughs) everything that I saw. Uh, Flovo, I want to start with you. Uh, Walk us through the end of this show.
1: Well, we had that fight pit match, and it kind of ended. And I can I say a little bit on a whimper? Uh, I know the white wrap was going to happen. I was thinking to myself, maybe I missed it. Maybe it was a clue for something else you got a little bit of the 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 overture of bray wyatt from the eater of worlds to the firefly funhouse and it comes full circle and uh you know whether or not you thought the actual shots were cheesy or michael Cole like oh this is was dumb but bray is back and it's a whole new bray it seems new man he knew everything
3: whole new it seemed like he was just doing the same stuff he's been doing for years and years and years
0: Oh, wow. I'm shocked that Phil would come and be a Debbie Downer. That's yeah, weird. Man, it's it's so off brand. brand.
3: <laughs> I love everything, guys. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, That's my gimmick. I love everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, I didn't. I, I guess oh, absence kind of makes the heart grow fonder with Bray Wyatt and his goofy bullshit. But, uh, you know, I, I was pretty tired of it by the time he left. And it didn't seem like this was. I mean, this is the the Triple H shtick, right? He brings back, you know, guys that they fired <laughs> and oh, they get the pop. And I, at some point, of, at some point, oh, they'll no. bring back everybody they fired. And it will do this every time. But I, I don't know if this was... I mean, it would have been more interesting if this whole thing had been something that wasn't just sort of a retread.
0: Yeah, if there had been an evolution so, with the characters, essentially what you're saying. Or somebody else. Well, I think somebody else they had kind of... Done so many things. Like, I don't know if anybody follows Ryan Satin on Twitter, but he's like a weird, like, the Charlie Day in front of the, the cork board with this. And he actually basically, it became very clear it was going to be Bray Wyatt about three weeks ago. So, like, I think they kind of locked themselves in, but outside of that, I think they could have done an evolution of the character. I kind of fundamentally agree
1: with that. Well, them. hold on. So let me ask you a question. And, I, and I, I i trust me, I'm not a WWE Homer. They don't know what. <laughs> If you, know you are him. absolutely
0: a WWE homer yeah, Which is fine, but you are So am I. <laughs> I, I I feel like I made the big time getting on this show <laughs> Plus,
1: uh, <you> know, <laughs> Wyatt, Because as soon as they gave us a hint Which had been fun The internet pretty much told us what it was From top to bottom That said, did that the debut still work for you? It was kind of cool It was something different Bray can't come out being a luchador, right? But this one was different enough to say Hey look, it may be a whole new chapter for Mr. Wyatt
2: You know, I uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I said, I was kind of in that I'm over it with, with Bray Wyatt. I was in that same boat, but let me tell you, I'm embracing being a prisoner of the moment. I'm just embracing it. I, I, you know what? Maybe Monday rolls around, Friday rolls around, whatever. And I'm like, this is what we already had before, but right now, I was like, what's going on? Oh, there's a buzzer in the audience. There's a head on my honeymoon,
0: baby. I don't care.
2: <laughs> like just, I'm just embracing like in this moment, I loved it. I was like, I was spellbound. I was like dead silent. My mouth agape watching this and Monday again, I might be over it, but for right now I am into it. Um, do we think now? Cause th- we saw both Bray Wyatt, uh, and fiend things are we getting a combination we talk about whether or not there's an evolution do you think we're going to get a combination of the two or does this really just lean into eventually becoming the fiend or eventually becoming uh eater of worlds or whatever uh phil what do you think happens next with uh our boy Beret?
3: I don't know, man. Ask one of the people excited about this. I I don't want to be I don't want to be the, the wet blanket on a on a on a, on a lovely Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean I mean, I don't know. Is <laughs> my my guess is he comes out and does a bunch of spooky stuff and sets some stuff on fire and throws goop on somebody. I don't know. Probably something like that. I you know, I don't know how many different honestly how many different notes Bray Wyatt has to play. Uh, so my guess is it's a bunch of, you know, like lights go out and there are cockroaches in the ring or something like that. So I, uh, I will say the one
0: thing that I kind of got from the new mask so is that I think that is part of the evolution of the characters that he do, does have a new mask looks kind of Guy Fox a little bit. So I can see him doing some sort of like vendetta thing. Uh, but I, outside of that, I, I don't know if they can do the stuff that actually, for me at least, made Bray, Bray Wyatt interesting during the Thunderdome era with the like weird, not just cinematic matches, but the way it existed outside of like space and time. Like, I, I really like that. And I thought they did a good job of like applying that to a wrestle with wrestling logic where I don't know. In an actual like arena, if it works as well, like we've seen over and over again, he, it just kind of the theatrics don't work because they're so theatrical and so removed from what professional wrestling has been presented as for sixty years. So I, I think that that's part of it. Maybe Triple H will be innovative enough in terms of presentation, which is more important than content in terms of this. But I I, I don't necessarily have high hopes. For him to actually reach his potential, but I also think he's a good worker, so I'm excited to see him in the main. Well,
1: event. that's the only issue I have there, and I think Rocky Adams said it in the chat. I say you already have that type of carrying cross with presentation and yes, like all the world lead, but definitely stronger than your average bear. So it has to be something different, especially when we have the draft on the horizon. So I'm with you. I'm not going to say Bray Wyatt is like uh, is like uh, Ricky Steamboat or anything either, but I do think it's a uh, lane for him to be different and fresh to go around.
2: So Flobo, let me ask you this, because you mentioned the draft. I feel like Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, whatever he's going to be, it doesn't make sense for him to be drafted. He's not someone that you go. And with the first pick, I'm picking The Fiend because that feels like it goes against who the character is. Right. But that said, eventually it's pro wrestling. Eventually he has to get in the ring. Right. Who if you're, if you're running the show over there in WWE, who do you put Bray in the ring with first? Who's his first rivalry?
1: Well, someone asked me that on Twitter, and it didn't really happen directly, but I would have pegged Matt Riddle. Here's somebody that is very likable, came out as was up with a win, someone to really build up what this new brave was going to be because everyone can get what Matt Riddle or who Matt Riddle is. That would have been my choice raw brand if I were to choose one. But you know what? Like we said, Triple HR, expect the unexpected, right?
0: I also think that he has the connection to Orton. So him torturing Riddle might bring back Orton, so that they can, because I, I, it might have been the last time we saw him was when he set him on fire. He may have come back after that, but that's the last thing I remember seeing the fiend do. So I, I do think that there's a real possibility that's how they get Orton back. Uh, though it's, you have to see how long
2: that injury is going to be. So you gotta, but is anyone gonna boo Bray Wyatt? I mean, that feels like a weird. I, I maybe I'm overthinking. I just if he's attacking Riddle, I feel like everyone loves Bray Wyatt right now. Why would you? go against it. Wouldn't it be better to have him face a someone that we can all cheer him on for? I don't know. Again, maybe I'm overthinking it, but Uh, I I can't imagine anyone booing him right now.
1: I think that might be almost an advantage, though, if you're trying to kind of boost Riddle as a character beyond just like the super funny guy, that could be a way to kind of play with that, maybe.
2: Yeah, maybe get Riddle out of the the silly side and get him more into the serious side that he's kind of been teasing, but Let's uh, as we talk about Riddle. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the fight pit here. Uh, we get a win by Riddle, getting uh, Seth Rollins to tap out uh, Riddle with a great RVD tribute, which I thought was kind of fun, with considering he's facing Mister uh, 420, the new era 420. This one, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys, it felt like the whole time I was watching this, I was waiting for the Bray Wyatt thing. So. And I was waiting for someone to fall off the scaffold. So I feel like as a match, I wasn't as invested into this one. Phil, you you hated every single thing about the way the show ended, but did you like this main event?
3: No, not really.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I, 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 this
3: isn't a matchup I particularly have liked in the past. I think I liked parts of this better than I've liked their earlier matches. I thought it was really stiff. The problem is the same problem I had with the other fight pit matches in NXT. They're kind of neither fish nor foul, right? The idea is they're going to try to do something that's kind of shoot style, but then they have the scaffold that they can do high spots off of. And it just ends up being a little, a little like messy. Uh, like you, you go pick a direction was, was always my problem with these. I thought it was, I thought it, I liked that they were working really stiff, which I was really enjoying. I don't know. It was okay. I thought the Cormier stuff I don't think completely worked either. I just don't think they, they hit all of the notes that they wanted to hit in this match. Um, I think it's probably the right idea to have riddle go over, but
2: Nick, did you like Cormier being in this or do you feel like he was kind of a non-factor? I felt like watching it, I get why he's in there, but I also felt like it's, he didn't really do anything that a regular ref wouldn't have done.
0: I I think yes and no. I think that the the bit, if the idea is to build to some sort of match between him and Rollins, which might be the case, or some sort of thing with him and Rollins, that would make sense. But I, I do think his physicality with the performers earlier in the match was something that would be different. Like, he literally pressed them both up against the cage and was like, don't touch me. So I think that that established that they were going to keep it within bounds, but it's a blood feud. So that felt weird in and of itself. You know what I mean? Uh, Right. So so yeah, this match also didn't super work for me. I also don't super love this matchup. Uh, I'm not a huge Riddle guy. I don't like hate him, but I, I love Rollins. But Riddle's never really totally done it for me. And I thought it was insane. And Phil said this too. I thought it was insane. I understand why they had to do it in terms of the presentation of the entire show and the Fiend-Wyatt thing. But there's no reason Bianca or, though it was a much worse match, Liv slash Ronda shouldn't have main-evented. Like, this should have not been the main event. But I understand why they had to because they were doing the Wyatt thing.
3: I mean, I guess the Wyatt thing didn't have anything to do with Riddle and... I just don't think you can do anything
0: (laughs) after that is the thing. Like, I think that if you do that, the rest of the show becomes like, oh my God, the Bray Wyatt thing, which you and I don't really care about, but like the people in the arena would have, I think it would have hurt the rest of the show in terms of getting that hype hype back in terms of the audience response. But I, I thought this was... One of the worst matches on the show. And uh, I, I definitely thought, in terms of quality, Bianca and Bailey should have been the main event like well, 100%. I,
1: I, think, I think it hit the nail on the head before because it was a blood feud. You want, you want to go extreme, you want to go extreme with a very personal kind of matchup. I think the reason why it made an event is because of the technical needs of the fight pit itself. I mean,
0: yes, also that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Moves and all that. Uh, Cormier, you know what? The actual match didn't do too much, but if I was a UFC guy, that would have bought me the ticket. Oh, damn, what's he going to do? I'm, uh, I'm on board, you know? So <laughs> I think it hit those 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 marks there, but I'm I'm glad to see that they already have something set up for Seth Rollins with Bobby Lash the next day, and I, do, I really do believe Bray Wyatt will go out the grill next, so this might be the end-to-end of this one. So as a send-off, it was fine.
2: Yeah, I think um, this was a, like I said, a bit of a victim of circumstance in that I feel like this match, the main event, on paper, is all things I like. Like, I, I'm a big Rollins fan, I'm a big Riddle fan, the idea of the fight pit's cool, Cormier is cool but then I, maybe it was because other stuff happened in the show and I was waiting for uh, for Bray Wyatt or someone or the, the White Rabbit or whatever I, the whole time I was kind of like okay, let's uh, what's next? You know, let's, let's get through this. I don't feel like I was actually really all that invested in this one. Um, especially considering it was by far the most heated rivalry, as far as being personal and these guys hating each other and all that kind of stuff. So kind of, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like it was, it was every a bunch of pieces. I liked that. I don't know if they went together the way I would have wanted them to, but it all came down to it. Um, but something that I did love personally, you guys can say whatever you want, but I love that Charlotte Flair hype video. I was hoping she was the white white, white rabbit. She's coming back, it sounds like, fellas, the queen. I cool. think they ran oh, that at the excited? last
0: pay- pay-per-view. I don't think she's coming back, buddy. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs>
3: she's coming back. <laughs> Monday, Friday. <laughs>
0: Just one of the one a day of the week that ends in Y. Is that what you're hoping for?
2: She's coming back. She's going to be here. I'm excited for it. She's my favorite. <laughs> uh, so, this, uh, as we work back, I think the match that I felt like got a ton of love on Twitter was the I Quit match. And the I Quit match, uh, Edge and Finn Balor, it was basically. Uh, they were doing their thing in the crowd until Judgment Day. Handcuffs Edge and beats him down until Ray comes out. Dominic takes uh, takes out Beth, uh, Ray, then Beth gets involved until eventually Edge quits to save Beth, but uh, doesn't save Beth in the long run. Uh, Flobo, i we we chat about this on on uh, text a little bit, but let's just talk about it here. I'm not a huge fan of I quit matches. I just I feel like. Uh, all I'm really doing is waiting for what makes someone quit instead of the actual match. How did you feel this one went? I know you're not a fan of Edge, but just as a as a match, how do you what, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: I do think I quit matches break down because no one really says, man, that move hurt so much. I quit. When you have an I quit match, you're kind of thinking what's going to be the outside influence to cause that so i'll be completely honest with you and if you guys listen to, to mac mania thank you so much um, i'm not the biggest ed supporter i'll be honest with you and i first happened to match i was looking at my watch going i can't believe this match is falling flat for me well, once Beth things got in and we saw a superior spear from Beth Phoenix and we had the entire judgment day come out and really have someone having to save themselves save their wife by saying I quit, that's the pathos I need. I crave. Haven't heard it or seen that since Jay Uso against Roman Reigns and L in Yeah, I, uh, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I completely agree with Flobo. I think the this match needed if there needed to be about six minutes. Of really hard brawling, and then you get right in to all of the ECW, you know, Beulah, Tommy Dreamer, Raven stuff at the end, uh, which I thought worked <laughs> pretty good. But they went like they had like 15 minutes of just kind of, you know, getting hit by something and groaning and into the mic, and I it was like, if this was, uh, I you know, I used to trade New Japan tapes in the 90s. They would always have like the June the Liger matches would always be clept. And you always get really bummed that you missed the first five minutes of a Liker match, and it's like this needed the New Japan Television clipping of the first like eight to ten minutes of this match, and I think it would have been really great because I just, like, the first part of that I thought was really I, I was starting to really zone out, and then when they got into all the Michigas, okay, that was that was fun. The Beth Phoenix stuff was fun. I'm, I'm really into Evil Dominic. You know, that was all, that was all good. Was-
0: I thought he was fantastic in this match. Like this was easily, he's gotten so much better since the judgment day has picked him up. I, I, I totally agree with the idea that this match hit another gear. And from that point on, and it was, I don't think it was just Beth. I think it was the introduction in general of the rest of the judgment day, because the entire match, you're like, why wouldn't they all be there from the beginning? Like this is a no disqualification match. Why wouldn't they just be coming to mess with him?
3: And oh yeah, I mean you knew it was gonna happen, and it felt like yeah. the first twelve minutes of this match is like, all right, yes. Right, you hit him in the ribs, and he's <laughs> lying on the ground groaning, and the refs ask asking friends? him, and it's like <laughs> any minute we know the match, we know how this match is gonna end. Some variation of fifty people running in and a bunch of bullshit. So let's let's get to it. Yeah, get to the <laughs> bullshit,
0: and once let's they get got
2: to, to the, the bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, once they get to the bullshit, yeah. it's pretty good. I did. I did feel like because they were brawling in the arena, but then once they got back in the ring, I was like, "Okay, now the match started." Yeah, like that's what it was supposed to feel like too. Like, if it's supposed to feel that way, why did you make me sit through ten minutes of them walking around the arena? You gotta
0: make the people want it. You gotta make them want it.
3: No, hey, this is you see, I I watched five hundred ECW shows. (laughs) Heyman would know how to book this. They brawl for three minutes. And they hit each other with some stuff. They do a couple dredge, things, and everybody dredge. comes in and they do a bunch of shit. You don't need to have all the, but the edge this is at the edge thing, man. Where edge needs to have every match. Oh, also edge, thirty-five edge minutes long. <laughs> yeah, just oh yeah, every match is average. Match is like so 23 minutes, literally, so goddamn. Especially like since it's coming back, where it's like every yeah. match he's in. It's so that,
2: long. That would be an interesting stat to see who, what, whose matches with their average time like this, because Edge has to. Oh, have I have, I have match. that.
0: He does have the highest by a considerable margin. I, I have it on my computer, but it's literally like five times the nearest person is average match in terms of the relative, like in <laughs> oh. terms of the like in terms of like a standard deviation. it's insane because the average match is like 11 minutes and he's like 22 or something like that. It's just what? Disgusting. What? That's That's awful because so every single one of his matches is a pay-per-view match or him spending 50 minutes in the rumble. So, it, they're all twenty-five minute. He has the longest matches in history. Like, uh, it's it's bad. I, is- I like Edge as a human being, as a person to follow and track in the, my
2: system. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny to me for some reason. Uh, yeah. Flobo, you you've said before you're not a fan of the Edge. Do you want like if? Does this, is this rivalry over? Is the rivalry between Edge and Judgment Day over? It feels like we're going to add Beth to the mix, but can we survive another month of these guys doing um- this?
1: It can be over, right? I mean, if it if someone's if someone hits my wife in the head and I move on to like you know someone else next week, I would say what's going on. So we're going to get a different step in this. But frankly, the question you should be asking is, do I want to? You know what I mean? Like Mage No,
0: faction, no,
1: I don't. Mage's faction. They have a new leader. He should probably go a separate ways. If I was in a gang and he found somebody new, I'll leave, right? But we're getting these guys back and forth. But I'm so glad. I hate to say it. I'm glad that fans got involved. I'm not glad you got hit. <laughs> I'm glad you got involved because. Now we have a reason for why Adam Copeland wants to be in this mix.
2: I will say yeah. that crowd went nuts when uh, when Rhea hit Beth. Oh, like that, that was! I feel like that was one of those that was no like turning a, back moments for Rhea. They're gonna hate her
0: forever. That was like a Rock Hogan moment for Rhea. Obviously, not at that level. Well, Beth is pretty yeah. high on the all time list in terms of women. That was like a oh this is money and it uh Rhea herself is money just like by being in the ring with beth she looks like money it was that was one of the best moments of the entire night
2: that was kylo ren stabbing han solo uh moment i think uh spoiler alert if you haven't seen that movie that's like 10 years old now uh but um big big Star moment Trek? for her Start, yeah, start <laughs> right after Spock uh, uh, <laughs> abandons them. <laughs> uh, so uh, we, as we go backwards through this show, we're just going back in time here. We get to the the ladder match, which I think was probably my opinion match of the night. Bianca Belair defends against Bailey, and after fighting off damage control, with a huge double KOD and a KOD from on Bailey while she's holding the ladder. We get Bianca Belair standing tall. Phil, I'm going to go to you. This felt like just such a feel-good match. You got to
3: love this one, right? Yeah, no, this is really good. I am probably a little tired of a lot of matches, but I thought that it, you, they did had a bunch of fun ideas in it, and they, the finish is good. Yeah, this was good. I like this a lot. I, I, I'm, my match of the night was the opener, but... Uh, I, this was definitely the second best match of the night, and I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, they got we got the strength spot from Bianca where she pressed the thing, and we got the double, uh, the double K.O.D. and you know an- another match that I thought maybe I don't know, it felt like it felt like maybe we it went a little long before damage control ran in with the s- similar issue. I would be my one quibble, but yeah, it was good. It was it was it was fun. I, I, I'm a little worried about Bailey's mouth. After that KOD on the ladder, that looked really nasty. <laughs> yeah, she was definitely she was definitely either bleeding out of her mouth or I, uh,
2: hopefully just mustered. Well, maybe she got the, the Jim
0: Carrey tooth. That that would be you know that things
2: things could be worse. Yeah, uh, so, like I verbally I, I like made a noise when she took that. Oh, I, mean, that's I, <laughs> I, I I was like ah. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, the, you, you the shot that
3: uh the shot that bianca took on the ladder when she got her brain pulled and she kind of went temple to the mm-hmm. ladder that was a forgotten really nasty spot that yeah. match too or it got overshadowed a minute later but she really clunked her head really bad on that thing and kind of fell weird um so yeah i mean I, I like i i think i said this last time we did money in the bank i could go eight months or a year without ever seeing a ladder in a wrestling match again but you know i thought if you're gonna this was th- these two are both really great. And this was a really good match.
2: I have a feeling it's not going to be 10 months until you see a ladder in wrestling, but uh, Nick, I was on Twitter and I compared Bianca Belair. I said, she is this becoming becoming this generation's John Cena and the, in the, in all the best ways. And the fact that she's super lovable in real life, but also that these feats of strength, she can take on anybody. I'm kind of digging it. Where do you fit with uh, Bianca seeming unstoppable?
0: Well, I'm sure you didn't mean for this, but I believe Kerm said this on the Masked Man show the other day and I immediately was like, I'm so angry right now. I didn't think of this myself. It is the perfect analogy, both in terms of how they're booked and like you said, her personality is so winning. Her story is so great. She... She is my new favorite. Like this match, it sounds weird. I don't think this was her best match, but this was really the match where it's like she can do anything in the wrestling ring. This feud is the one of the the real. Like she can do anything on the mic that they need her to. She's just Kaz says it all the time. She's capital all capital letters generational. She uh, this. Man, I love this match. I love Bianca. I'm so happy. I actually like got up. I clapped when she won. She's just my favorite now, and I, I love this match. This match was awesome.
3: This may be a little hyperbolic, but she's the closest they've had to the Rock since the Rock left. Yes, I totally yeah. agree. She's um, and she she's isn't. I don't weird. think she's at peak Rock yet. But she's like, it feels like she could get to peak Rock when it comes to like a whole presentation and popularity, and you know. Yeah, because she's just cool in the way that the Rock was. Yeah, which she's is why she cool should why they, why they should have been headlining the show, right? Because she's yeah, I think that was the, is was the biggest star on the show, and it should have she it should have been it should she, have she, had the biggest star on the show spot.
0: And I know I, I hate to break, constantly bring up the power board, but like if she would have lost this match. She still would have been the third-ranked person in the entire company because of how strongly she's been booked to this point. She has like the third most matches. She wins all of them are title matches. She defends it constantly. She is the person that you're building this entire company around and the matches. But they refuse to put her in the main event. I was really bothered by the fact that there was not a women's match in the main event, considering they were both title matches. Like, what do the women have to do to get a main event around here? Is like really starting to get frustrating but that, that's for another day.
2: There was my only argument would be outside of the logistics of the ring ropes is that uh, I, I think on a personal level, the Rollins riddle match probably had a little more heat behind it, but I'm old school. I think a, a title match should always make it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I'm with you on that point, but yeah, I think uh, no one more than Bianca Belair makes me just root for her. Exactly. Like I, I want her to win. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't help it. Like all I like, my, shoot, care like of whether or analytics she go win. out the w- window. I just, I want her to win. I'm like cheering for her. Um, exactly. Now, Flo, well, I know you uh, are actually, and this is official. We've measured this. We, we've got analytics to prove it. You are the world's biggest Bailey fan. And I think this was her first real test since coming back. How do you think she fared?
1: I think this is actually the really first match for Bailey. Coming back at SummerSlam, there was always questions about what she can do. And even though I like damage control, it did seem a little bit of that shell game of having everyone uh work instead of this one. And the first couple of matches on Raw and stuff were kind of preseason form, but this one is classic Bailey. Told the story, made Bianca look like a star, got dispatched in a way that made you go. I can't believe the villain got toppled. This is why Bailey is so valuable for any roster. She showed it tonight.
2: Yeah, I thought she did an incredible job, and I think that um, even though I picked her to win, I think long-term it's better she didn't, because I think that this will just cause her to become more nefarious in her ways of trying to get the title from beyond that
3: I mean, it's pretty impressive when you consider what a, just an absolute unbelievable white meat baby face she was for her to also be this despicable of a heel. Like you don't usually yes. see that. Like you know, you know, there isn't usually your all-time great baby faces usually don't have. I'm trying to think of ones who had also. Really Brett, but heels. Brett was Brett would be yeah. one. Rick, yeah, Rick, Ricky Morton was a really great heel in like Memphis that nobody saw it. But outside, it's not like Ricky Steamboat ever turned heel, right? Like you know, or or uh, Ray Mysterio, Ray Mysterio ever really turned heel. Hogan, Hogan, would but be
0: Hogan more. also started as a heel. Then tur like. Bailey was from day one, a super mega, mega face, like the epitome of baby face and is now one of the best heels in the company. So I think that's really crazy.
2: And to her, to her benefit too, or to her credit is that I, she's a good heel. Like as a heel, it's not like, you know, there are sometimes people are heels and we're like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay. Mm. You're a bad guy. You do a good job, quote, playing the role, but she's just great. Like, I don't, I feel like she's a good villain, not like, oh, I like She you. commits to the bit. She puts her yeah. whole, like, body weight into it, yeah. Yeah, because I felt like that was always the problem with for me with uh, Becky is I felt like everyone who booed her was like, I'm booing you because I like you, which is, you know, Because <laughs> like, you're weird. funny, like,
0: like, and I yeah. want you to keep being funny, and you're funnier as this version of your character. That was, like, basically it for me. It's like, I'll keep booing if you keep making funny jokes. Like, that's how I felt. Uh, And that's not what you want from like a necessarily from a bad guy. Uh, I think Bailey wants people to hate her character. And Becky was like, I have to do this because this is my job. And I think those are two very different. And I think Becky did the best job she could. I think she drew money or, or got went against baby faces like Bianca helped build Bianca back up after a rough patch that they kind of induced. But I I think Becky has her uh, like advantages and her uses as a heel, but I think Bailey is just like a jack of all trades, five tool heel. And that's, that's shocking considering how good of a baby face she was.
2: Yeah. Bailey is incredibly pliable in that you can really kind of do anything Mm -hmm. with her and she'll make it work.
0: She's just a professional wrestler, period. Like it's just, she's really good at her job.
2: (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Um, we had a, a strap match earlier in the night, Carrying Cross versus uh, Drew McIntyre. And Nick, I want to ask you this question. Um, this was—I I know Cross had a match uh, since coming to the main roster, since returning—but this was kind of his first true go-around. If you knew nothing of Carrying Cross except for his recent main roster debut, did he win you over?
0: Oh well, I. Uh... If you knew nothing else, way to put me on the, the spot because I don't want to be mean. He's new around here. No, I, uh, <laughs> I, no, Karrion Cross is weird for me because he is not my style of wrestler, but I definitely get his appeal, especially from a presentation perspective. Um, but uh, I, I also love Drew. So if, like, I, did, I knew Drew, but in this world, I didn't know who Karrion was, yeah, I think this would have worked for me. Uh, the, I think they should have went a little bit harder with the pepper spray finish. Like, I, I appreciated the idea. I thought what they used for the execution was kind of silly. Uh, so I, I think the I, the package is cool, but uh, it's the you can't lace my boots Adam Cole promo for me every time I see Harry and Cross, which killed them both in my,
3: my eyes. Um, it's, it's rough for him with Bray Wyatt coming back on the same also show. This, it, yes. really did, it, it does really feel like he's doing, like, the Nature Boy Buddy Landell <laughs> version of Bray Wyatt. And it's like, oh, Bray Wyatt just showed up. Uh, you know, every, every time Buddy Landell was in the same promotion as Ric Flair, it'd be a rough look yeah. Buddy Landell. Oh, okay. And this is a similar thing. And, uh, yeah, Barry I like to watch this... I like the parts of this match where they were hitting each other with straps and the rest of that match didn't, didn't do (laughs) it.
0: And, and Bray is, uh, is Mark Wahlberg and daddy's home. Like that, that's basically what's happening. Uh, yeah, just not a great look for carrying. If Carrion existed entirely outside of Bray, I think it would be, I would give him like a seven with Bray. It's like a four. Um,
2: something that didn't hit for me with this one. And we'll talk about it in the other championship match as well. But, uh, and, and Phil will kind of go to you with this one is I, Maybe I'm overthinking this, but the whole buildup to this was Karen Cross being like, I'm going to destroy you, Drew McIntyre. The judge, the, the end of days is coming for you. I'm, the, I'm your Armageddon. And then he gets this match and he gets a sneaky win with pepper spray and leaves. Like, I thought you were going to destroy Drew McIntyre, not sneak a win and then run away like that. it, it it felt like he abandoned everything he was kind of building to going to this match. And then he left saying, you asked for this. And it was like, well, you, you attacked him to destroy him, but then you just got a sneaky win and ran away. Am I overthinking? I just feel like he didn't do what he wanted to do. Now. I
3: mean, this feels a little bit like drew McIntyre is on a side mission for a little while. (laughs) So we're going to put him with this guy and this guy is going to make a bunch of, C minus Kevin Sullivan promos, and we're going to run some stuff on TV to kill some time. And at some point, Drew McIntyre will be back mattering, and right now he doesn't. And that's and we have some bummer.
0: cool we have some cool filters on our camera we want to try. Yeah. basically. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I I think I I think I I think uh, uh, they probably should just let him control his own narrative rather than bring that guy back. I I, I get why. I get that, that this is like a thing that they're doing where they bring back the people they fired and then they get a big pop because people are surprised to see them. And this was like, this was the one, he was probably the guy that they should have, you know, they, I don't know how many times you can run that. And they probably should have saved one of those times for someone else.
2: Would be my, well, those, would be yeah, my carrying cross thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, but you have very strong opinions of uh, of one of the guys in this match. My first question, I guess, to you is just: uh, Do you like Drew McIntyre and uh, where he's going and what they're doing, and and what what do you think is going on with him long term?
1: It does seem like, and maybe it's I'm I'm getting to be uh, too insidery. Like, there seems a lot of goodwill for Drew McIntyre. You know, during the pandemic era, it was like we're going to give you so many opportunities. You go to Clash the Castle; it's uh, in your backyard. You take the L. I, I'm kind of glad that Drew didn't get absolutely destroyed in the way that Karrion Kross wanted to because he kind of is a, a tough time. You know what I mean? If, if a lot of my casual friends who don't watch wrestling week in and week out look at Drew and see how much of a specimen it is, always check in, they say, how's Drew McIntyre doing? So and it was kind of a, a little bit of a shenanigans. It, it's kind of like uh, having Batista's uh, legs taped to the ground at a ring post <laughs> kind of a thing. But uh, mm-hmm. I think what they did, I mean, that's, they, they hit all the marks on paper. It didn't really hit for me especially after that Donnybrook match we'll get to later, but it was fine. Yeah, I just, I don't know. like I said, I
2: I, I figured that Scarlet would get involved, but it feels like pepper spray like doesn't Especially when character. you tried fire,
0: why not try fire again? Like, at least make it something that it would have been a lot better if it was something where you were like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. And not, did they, did he spray it? Did she spray him with arrogance? Like, that's what it felt like. It felt like they were telling us that this thing that he got sprayed with was bad. And, like, God bless him. Not the best acting in terms of that. So, like, I don't know. I, I totally agree with you. It There was no edge to it. And the whole point of carrying Cross's character is that he's kind of an edgelord. Like, and it's mostly just like, oh, I, I got you.
2: I I poked <laughs> your eyes. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it was, I mean, a fireball would have been great. Something, I mean, a pepper spray something like my grandma keeps in her purse. Like, it's not. Yeah,
0: exactly. Which, good, for her protection. She needs it. It's rough out there. But, like, it just didn't make sense in terms of, if you're trying to get this guy over as a guy that is willing to do anything and has a guy attached to him, why not do something with the attaching to him? Because, like, that is a thing. That ending shouldn't have happened because it did not require them to be attached. That's why you don't do that ending. It's like the whole point of the match and all the cool stuff you did during the match, like Phil said, is when they were beating each other up with the thing they were both attached to or using the thing they were both attached to against each other. And then the ending is him getting sprayed with water in the face. It doesn't add up. It feels like they cut a scene from the match and we then didn't explain it in a voiceover is basically what it feels like
2: yeah i agree um it's It's tough to have a show
3: with all you know sort of no rules matches and have finishes that you know if you want to run a not clean finish running a not clean finish in a show where every where there are no rules in any of the matches is kind of hard right because it's like okay it's not like it's it's not even against the rules to spray him with uh Let's spray them with a uh, silly string or whatever she was using. Spray them in the eyes with, right? So that's also it's what I thought it was string. when it first
0: happened. I thought it was silly string. I was like, oh, that's that's different. <laughs> silly string? Could you imagine? Like that's <laughs> what I thought. That's how bad it was. I was like, oh, silly string. That's fun. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about the ending to another match. It was the SmackDown Women's Championship match. It was an extreme <laughs> match. Oh, with sorry. Oregon versus. That was Toronto. garbage. <laughs> uh morgan passes out in a submission with a smile on her face and then which i actually in, liked but. in the ring after. you like that see i this is i thought one her
0: I passing think. out was cool the smiling in the ring after i thought was a little much but i thought the pa- passing out was a cool visual because it was a nasty submission i'd never seen before and her just being like shit you caught me I really thought I was gonna get out of this is like a cool visual that they can wrap into a video package. Her smiling after is like, do you not understand you lost your last best chance to hold on to this title? Like, you are probably not gonna get another run with this in K fame for a very long time because Rhonda's gonna hold it. So like you should not be smiling, but I do understand the like clever girl of it all when she gets her in the the submission with her leg. like like I, I thought that worked for me that after the match did not
2: see Flo well, I gotta get your take on this because I for me I thought the whole build up was sort of like yes I can take it to the extreme I can go to these dark places I am the champion I can beat you just watch me and then she's like having a jolly time like oh never mind you beat me <laughs> like I didn't I, I felt like it was against everything they built this match up to
1: Look, the thing about Liv Morgan is we, we I mean, the collective uh, wrestling uh, fandom, we're all, we're all about Liv. And, and it seemed like they turned on her in the, in the Twitter sphere and on some of the reactions. And a couple months ago, Jack Farmer, you were saying, I didn't like the fact that Liv Morgan tapped out and the ref didn't see it. So
2: I still feel that way.
1: I, I understand and the point of that I kind of get the idea of hey look you caught me I got it, it it's kind of crazy but at the same time Liv Morgan's whole thing was and she literally says this I'm an underdog but that's there's a certain level you can do that once you hold gold you can't do that anymore so I would love to see you get rolled over and go okay what's next for this character so yes it was kind of imperfect but it wasn't awful
0: yeah so. I, th- I thought the match itself was awful I did not think the ending was awful
2: Sorry, continue. So, Phil, you got to break the tie here because my vote counts as two. Uh, What? How did you feel about this match? Uh, Is is the tie whether the
3: match was good or whether the finish was good or the the smile was good? The smile. That was fine.
2: <laughs> I thought it was okay. I thought
3: it was okay. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. It's it was a five. I don't. I thought was, actually, you know, I, I'm a Ronda guy. I like Ronda. I, I really
0: liked her in this match. I thought she was fantastic. Sorry, Phil.
3: Um, and but you're. I mean, this was a tough situation. I mean, we've been talking about this on these after shows. Yeah, I
2: I, I, for I think a while that, uh, about I think how this Sanders entire. The, I like the outcome of it. Um, I think it's the best way to go. I. I do gotta say I wasn't really feeling this one uh, overall. I don't know if I you guys. Mean, have, I, I, really I think have they much should take from this, to be totally honest with you. But uh do you guys I mean,
3: have any other w- when when Liv won, I think we were on the, the after show talking about this is a tough situation. How are they going to book this with Ronda being with Liv being this person who really has no business in the ring with Ronda? How are they going to do it successfully? And the answer is they never really did, right? <laughs> like you know, like we, we sort of identified it as something that's gonna be really hard to do, and I don't think they ever really pulled it off. Um, I do think, again, I mean, you know, these, the all extreme shows, I think if this was a thing where this was the only match on the show that had all of the stunts and weapons and things like that, I think it's a better story with like, she's going to the, you know, the levels past what, you know, she's willing, what you think she's willing to do to try to keep her title. But every match had chairs and tables and weapons. So it didn't have that same sort of impact. And I think that's the issue with having shows like this, or having shows with bunches of two hell in the shells or or multiple money in the banks, is that when you do more of this stuff, it it minimizes the impact of the thing you're trying to do. Um, so I think that was the issue. You know, if they're in the right place. They should be building to Ronda, Bianca, to, to unify the titles of WrestleMania, and I think that match could be incredible.
2: I 100 agree. Of I think fight. they should unify them. <laughs> yeah.
3: And I think Rhonda's where she needs to be as somebody who is talking shit to the crowd after beating somebody they love and yes. doing like I'm gonna do uh that home run swing, you know, I'm checking the rafters for the, the ball after I hit her in the ribs with a baseball bat kind of stuff. As opposed to whatever she was trying to do when she came back. She's in she's embraced her role as somebody is like kind of a despicable person. Uh,
0: and I, I thought the Extreme Rules was actually really great for Ronda because, like she said, I'm already the baddest woman on the planet, the most dangerous woman on the planet without a baseball bat. Like, if you give me... I thought she was getting very creative and kind of exploring the studio pace, uh, space in terms of ways to hurt people using weapons and stuff like that. And I think that is an avenue that you can explore with her because she can do all of the actual wrestling stuff so well that implementing, like, a stick in it So it's across their throat is a really cool way to like do a variant on that without actually changing the hold you're doing and stuff like that. I I think she works really well in this style.
2: Yeah. I I would love to see the, uh, I want to see them unify the women's championships as well. Uh, Personally, I think that her and Bianca, it prints money. Uh, And yeah, I think I agree with you guys on Rhonda. I, we're all we're all there uh, before we get into what is the true best match of the night. Yeah, I
3: love the fact that this is the meta that we made this the main event of the show as it was the main event of the show in my mind.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah, by far. This was clearly the best match of the night. But before we get into that, the Miz was around and he was talking to Gritty and not Edge, but the Philly Gritty uh, before Dexter knocks him out. I got to ask you guys this because this is something that I talk about uh, on other shows What's what's going on with um, with Dexter and Miz and like? Do you care? Like, I feel like we need to figure out what's going on with that. Like, I'm I'm kind of over it at this point.
1: Oh, it's
3: a fine way to kill five ten minutes on a television show. I mean, yeah. you need you need to, you need segments, right? So that's that's kind of a fun segment of this weird uh, weird guy, you know, stalking and molesting the Miz. Uh, every week, and I don't know, I, I didn't gingerly I know.
0: petting him. I don't understand yeah, you it's, get it's kind, of, it's of, kind
3: it. of creepy. And uh, <laughs> the Miz is really good at you know being flummoxed and, and aggravated. And you know, he you reminded need, you, need, you need to do some things that you know you need to have seven minutes a seven minute segment on a three hour television show that's going to move through things. And Miz is really good at that. And this is you know, that why he's so valuable, he's just a guy who can. Do this for, you know, eight months and then you could, you know, cycle him into a much higher position and he do fine there, too.
0: Yes, that is that is what The Miz does. Segments like this are where The Miz makes his money. And also, I think that they work because The Miz is the ultimate Justin Long and the Barbarian. He's the ultimate like guy you want to see their get their face caved in by the monster in the movie. Like, he is the guy that deserves this out of everyone else. Maybe in the history of wrestling, he is the most annoying human being ever. The Miz <laughs> character. So, like, I think it really... And he's supposed to be. He's incredible. He's one of the great heels of his generation. And this is Agreed. totally great for him. I think this is the perfect use of him to get a guy who's, like, I don't know. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a Dexter Loomis match that wasn't, like, a zombie match in a, like a haunted house. And I think that they're doing a bunch of cool experimental stuff in terms of how they're shooting it and stuff like that, which again, like I talked about earlier, I think this new regime, that's where they're going to make their money. And this feud or whatever it is, is a cool way to like experiment with stuff without making it an actual part of the show per se.
2: Well, we we kicked off this show with, as we said, just saying, the, our, our main event, the people's main event, the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium Flobo Boys. I want to get you back in the conversation here because there was a little stat I was I pulled up. You know, I, Nick's not the only one with his computer algorithms and things. I've Ooh. got a stat here for you. Next Five out of the six of these fellows was from NXT UK. Isn't that great?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. NXT UK is a promotion. More people should have watched because it was amazing. And going into this on the Mac Mania show, Jack, I was like, this can steal the show. Didn't think it will be first. But well, you think about Imperium, what Imperium is, and even with the name changes and all that, they're still hitting hard. The Rolling Roots had a wonky start, but now they are actually a weird Irish-English Donnybrook Lane hybrid group. Who cares? The Mac was great, man. Worth a rise of a mission. Every oh, version
3: every version of these guys against each other has been awesome since they started doing it. And I would love yes. to see them feud forever. I know, you know we, a lot of things we talk about is like, well, where do they go from here? I just want them to go into another version of this match over and over again forever.
2: Well, I love that you <laughs> said that because that was my next thing to you is, do you want to see this rivalry continue? And I think we yes! park our car in yes! the same yes! garage <laughs> just forever. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I mean, that's the thing is everybody's talking about, well, where, where is this going to lead? Don't lead anywhere. Lead to these guys beating each other up on TV every week. And then on pay-per-views, they beat each other up for a longer period of time without (laughs) commercial breaks. It it reminds
2: me of Phil, I feel like you're, I feel like this is something that you'll get is uh, it reminds me of the old ECW pay-per-views, how you were always going to get a variation of like, uh, um, super crazy. And, um, uh, what was his name from the FBI that was in ECW back in the little day? Little Guido. Guido. <laughs> yes, Little Guido, yeah. you were always going to get one of those, like, a combination of those three at every pay-per-view. I, I want to see that with Brawling Bruce and Imperium. It's assumed every pay-per-view you're going to get a combination of these guys.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was talking to, to David on the Masked Man show uh, about, like, how I, I thought that that should be War Games. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. not gonna be war games obviously but like if you just said okay we're gonna this is your war games we're gonna add a guy to each team i don't know who and that's right. be your war games that would make me you know that would be the best possible version of war games is those guys beating each other up in war games i just i you know i people on the chat have say i hate all wrestling which is uh funny because i actually love all wrestling but this is my stuff man this is you know very simple very hard-hitting, really great, and like paced incredibly. Like they built to the three or four moments where Sheamus and Gunther would wheel the living shit out of each other. They built to those moments so well, where like you know, like they they come up out of the scrum, nose to nose, and the crowd goes nuts, and they just fucking smash each other. It's the
2: best yeah I know it's very unfair when people say that about you because I know you do watch a ton of wrestling you are yeah, also United like NXT wrestling UK more fan. than
0: almost anybody I know
2: yeah of course I do
3: <laughs> <laughs> how much fucking wrestling I watch today because I'm trying yeah, to figure out what I'm going to write about probably. on Monday <laughs> no it's really bad I got kids <laughs> I'm fucking spending time with them I went from Zach's basketball game immediately to the fucking by uh basement to like just uh, <laughs> chew through indie shows to try to find like the my other uh, selection for my column in the rare. <laughs> Oh, after spending themselves. the first part of my week watching 20 Antonio Anoki matches come on man <laughs> <laughs> well Nick, this
2: was this was not fancy like, this, <laughs> this was is so dope ass, yeah, <laughs> absolutely entertaining <fast>. right <laughs> I uh, it. to quote the
0: uh, the the man the myth the legend uh, big meaty men slapping meat this was everything you could ever ask for from one of these kinds of matches Agunther gunther is a modern day sheamus i i love sheamus i love aesthetically the way that his blood his skin turns blood red when he's getting the just literal blood vessels broken underneath the That's sick uh, sick it's and and here's the thing they're all brilliant professional wrestlers like gunther is special in the ring seamus is special in the ring all uh, rich holland bless his heart maybe not but the other three are top-notch performers and rich holland is he's green i don't want to be i'm not going to put him out with seamus and gunther that's where he would be you wouldn't be with the smaller guys but he's not there but pete dunn's a world-class professional wrestler and so are uh Vinny vinnie beachy and uh, the other guy uh, ludwig like i i really do love both of these and gunther i think has a uh, potential to be like a uh historically well presented uh european i think is the nicest way to put it like he's the mm-hmm. next guy in the wave of the drew McIntyre after the drew mcintyres and the seamus where being from ireland being from europe that kind of thing isn't like, a, oh, my God. It's like, oh, cool. He's the first European-born champion. It's not like, oh, he only gets to win at Wembley. Like, th- that is a cool thing to see them have him be passed the torch by Sheamus, but also have Sheamus get over in a way he hasn't in years.
3: I mean, yeah, Sheamus he- is... is Shame, you could put Sheamus in a world title match right now. Yes, 100%. He's incredibly over after being a guy who's just been there for a long, long time, and a lot of that time has been kind of, you know, treading water. And, you know, and right now, you know, you hear the pops he gets from the crowd.
0: Yeah, he's over because he's doing well, not because they're presenting him like he's doing well. He's actually just doing banger after banger after banger after banger. And it's starting to make a difference. And people are going, have you seen the most recent Sheamus match? That SmackDown match was amazing. And then mm-hmm. they did an even better one the next night. And six-man tag, tag matches, trios matches are my favorite kind of wrestling matches. So this was – this already was going to be, like, good for me. But this was – oh, man. It was delicious. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really – I, I, I want to say
3: I, I like Rich Holland in these. Like, you kind of want to oh, have – yeah. you kind of want to have, like, a – like, he's kind of like early Rick Steiner. In the sense where <laughs> you'd watch early Rick Steiner, I man, before, he kind of pre Steiner Brothers Rick Steiner, where they didn't really know what he was doing, but he was incredibly strong. So he would just like chuck people all around the ring. Like and, Varsity dude. Club era. Yeah, Varsity like. Club era Rick Steiner, which is, <laughs> that's, it's cool that, you know, Broadbreaker also a varsity. There's multiple guys as Varsity Club era Rick Steiner. Right, why? Cream
2: that does it for the ringers coverage of wwe presents extreme rules thank you so much to everyone who joined us in the live chat and thank you so much to everyone who's listening to this the next day here on spotify we got cut a little short due to some technical difficulties thanks a lot kerm however Thanks so much for listening to the replay. Thanks so much for joining us live. Make sure to check out all of the Spotify podcasts, whether it be Mac Mania, Cheap Heat, or the Masked Man Show. Also, make sure to check out all the amazing columns that Phil and Nick are working on. Thank you to Phil. Thank you to Nick. Thank you to Flobo. And of course, thank you to Kerm for putting this all together. We appreciate you. We'll see you guys next time. That does it for us from The Ringer, Extreme Rules premium live event after show. Thank you. See you next time.